Hey, this is Audrey the Rapper, and you're here with Dimples Radio. I'm really excited, and I'm like, cool. I don't know if she liked me, though. Yes, what? we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk, <laughs> talk about it. No, because, like, you, I was like, you and I had an interaction like nearly a decade ah, ago. Wait, you know what? At South by. I don't remember the interaction, but I remember seeing your tweet about the interaction and it had me thinking, like, what what happened? What what look? I don't remember it. So I remember only because like I was throwing a show and I don't know what happened exactly, but I was stressed. You were stressed about something else. We both kind of but Was heads. I on the show? Nah. That's probably why. No. I don't know. No, uh, I don't know. But we were both we were both stressed. Yeah, and I was I like, dang. Uh, it's beef. Because, <laughs> you know, everything in rap is beef. Like, if, if you're not besties, you beefing. Oh, man. Right, 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 right. But I was like, anyway, we're grown. We make money. We're going to have a, an adult conversation about life. Yeah, it's always it. love. It's always love. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I saw your single, Bitchless. Uh, thank you. I'm excited about it. Appreciate it. Back to making music fully. Never stop. Never stop. Never stop. Because um, I know there was, like, a time where it was, like... Um, Affiliated with MMG, no longer affiliated with MMG, doing your own thing. What was the transition there? I mean, everything's just been a learning process um, to get me to this point, as with everything. I mean, um, Ross was like an amazing mentor at a period where I was transitioning from making music in my closet to Mm -hmm. being more visible, you know, and he was a huge part of that visibility. So it was always love and appreciation for that. Even just like my knowledge of the sound that I was striving for and just music, period. Like sure. he was a huge part in that. Um, a lot of people had expectations that weren't even necessarily my own expectations from that affiliation. So it's just like people didn't see what they wanted. Some people did see what they wanted, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that's for them and their own expectations. But no, that was, a, um, that was just a good transition to me defining myself as an artist. I think a lot of people nowadays don't necessarily get that. I would call it like an intro period mm-hmm. where it's like you get the opportunity to discover who you are, like as a woman, as an artist and really kind of like mature to bring that into your music. Because like the content you're talking about now, you couldn't talk about before. 100%. Not, not that like you couldn't, but it was just like, I don't think like maybe as an artist, you were expressively free enough at the time. To, like, be comfortable sharing that. Or I just feel like, I mean, I was younger. Like, I was still in college at that time. And it was just, and I'm an introspective artist anyway. Like, if I say it in the lyrics, that means I mean it in my spirit. I've always said that. Mm -hmm. And with me growing through music, I had to take time to, like, really fully define myself to me first. Become self-aware and self-knowledgeable of the things that mean the most to me in order to even reflect that in my music. Because I always felt like I can't make music if I don't mean it. And I can't make music if I don't fully understand what I'm setting out to to do through this music, you know? So, um, so yeah. That's that's real. That's really, really real. Um, do you feel like people are still doing that now? Do you think that they're just putting out songs just to put out songs or, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, I do. I definitely do because we're in this era where consistency kind of, like defines everything more than talent more than image more than anything it's consistency if somebody is seeing you and hearing you enough then they're gravitating towards that mm-hmm. and i think sometimes there are people there are artists who just strive for consistency versus quality yeah, yeah. you know and um i mean it's working for some people and some people it's like learning through they're working through uh, they're the working process. Through their you know, you actually get to see people get better. No, that's real. But it's one of those things, though, like just working in music and being a fan of music. Mm-hmm. I run into this issue where it's like if you deliver too much, then I don't know what to consume. So, like, okay. example, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Brown put on an album, 45 tracks on the album. Right. I'm not listening to all 45. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, not, okay. Like, I love Chris Brown. Yeah. Not listening to all 45. Yeah. I might listen to the radio singles. Um, in that situation where it's like there's so much quantity, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying he's lacking in quality, but there's so much, it's kind of like really, really hard as a consumer to like digest that. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? 
Yeah, 100%. Even not just coming from, like, one artist on one project. Like, for us to go even go and listen to Chris's new project, which is really good, in my opinion. It's like we signed up to go listen to it, but when we get online or we just listen to playlists or anything, we're being introduced to so many new people, so many new records daily, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so easily forgotten. So that's why I think where talent does, like, trump consistency because yeah. of who's remembered from so much being introduced to people. What songs are you, like, most excited about having come out this year? Because I know they just recently announced, like, the Grammy noms. What right. records are you excited about? This is whole album. It was fire. It was fire. See, and I told, um, I told her manager, Punch, this when I saw him um, recently, that that album specifically spoke to me as a black woman just, like, mm-hmm. learning myself through love and just through life. Um, it spoke, I don't think I've been spoken to by a woman, female artist that much since Lauren Hill's Miseducation. Really? Not even a seat at the table? No. Wow. Defining love, like, so, you know, searching through love and everything, like, Solange is more about, like, my position, you know. With your blackness. In the room with my blackness. So she definitely spoke to me with that, but in terms of just, like, self-seeking and acknowledging mistakes and owning those mistakes and just like being comfortable with one's differences. Yeah. Like Scissor's album definitely spoke to me that heavily. That's fire. That's yeah. fire. Anything else? Um, I like Georgia Smith a lot. Really? This year, Georgia Smith. I love Georgia Smith. Okay. Okay. Um, a few others. I can't think right now. That's real. Mm. I'm like, I was surprisingly a really, really big, um, I don't know. She didn't get nominated. Ella May. I I think she just missed the cutoff date. Mustard's like, artist, right? She has a yeah, project? Yeah. She okay. got a project that was fire. And then her, obviously. Love her. Love her. I love do her. love her. And then um, Daniel Caesar. I just do. Just fire. Yeah. I feel like this is a good year for R&B. Yeah. You I know what? What's that? Outside of R&B, because I'm slow song shorty all day. Like, okay. I love... R&B, soul music, but that fabulous Jada Kiss. Oh, fire. Fire. I was Super so fire. excited. Like, I stayed up, like, making sure I was doing nothing when Midnight Dropped and that came out. Like, I was definitely excited about that project. No, that's real. That's super real. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Did you really like 444? I loved it. Did you? I loved it. This is so, it's so interesting because, like, I talk to people about it now, and they're like... Yeah, it was such a great moment, but I don't really know if I like it. Loved it. I bought the physical. I did buy the physical. Yeah. But that's because I'm a J fan. Yeah, you know, I just it. in general. Um, that's super fire. Uh, that's so funny. But um recently we've been having discussions about like being a woman in industry. Okay. Because it's it's very difficult. We walk in the room, you're either somebody's girlfriend, but they just don't believe that you're there to work. Mm-hmm. Like as whatever you're trying to, mm-hmm. whether you're on the marketing end, whether you're a rapper, they're just, no, nah, you gotta be somebody shorty to mm-hmm. be in this room. And that's not how our lives are set up. Mm-hmm. Um, with all this going on in Hollywood, do you think the same thing would happen in music? Um, with like getting all the predators like out. Like the Harry Weinstein and everything. And yeah, getting everybody out. I've been having this conversation just amongst friends and everything. <laughs> like, I'm, it happens. I'm so sure of it. I've heard stories yeah. um, from friends and confidants that it happens yeah. but is it going to be this wave of like disclosure and everybody um i hope so i hope so but i'm like i'm really skeptical because at the end of the day in hollywood that shit can fly because it affects white women but like in hip-hop it's us mm. and there's we're not awarded the same platitudes for transparency mm. Do you know what I mean? That's very true. As soon as, um, what's her name? And I totally butcher her name. The girl from Charmed, Roxanne Gray. She was the first person who said Weinstein. Okay. okay. She was the very first person. White lady, brunette hair, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As soon as she said it, oh my God, Weinstein is a da 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 Right. All these other white women come out. Moment Lupita throws her story out there, Weinstein's like, I don't know if that happened. He ain't responding to nobody else. I didn't even know that. I wasn't even following that that closely to know who said what. I know the magnitude of it. Yeah. But I didn't know the details. That's crazy. I think um, it always comes down to platform. Yeah. 
I, I mean, race is always there, but I definitely think it's going to come down to platform because, and I, I was even talking to my manager. We were just having these conversations, you know, because so many people question, like, why it takes so long or mm-hmm. anything. And I'm just like, the platform, people won't listen unless the platform's there. When, you know who you're accusing holds such a high status and um i don't know even if it's whatever if it's like the manager at walmart if it's a you know a well-renowned rapper or whoever mm-hmm. it is i think just the truth always comes comes out and Definitely. it just matters the platform whatever's done in the dark always always comes to light for sure um it's just all about a matter of time and i think probably my only apprehension with music is that the moment all of this shit comes to light a lot of people are going to lose money, but it's going to be like simply because we're not equipped to replace the people who would be in those positions that would be accused of things. I mean, I also think with the music culture, we tend to disregard and overlook shit if the music is that good, which right. which is terrible. You're right. It's terrible. It's also right. giving us some amazing albums post controversy yeah so it's like i can't even i can't even tell you if it will matter which is sad but i mean we tend to overlook like if the album dope if the video dope man that was fire and then you forgot what they did he was accused of what he touched who he did what right i don't care Mm, right that's real that's really really real um i got a question yeah if you owned an nfl team would you hire kaepernick yeah see I said yes, but I guess Dame Dash said no. You know, I, oh, really? I didn't hear that. You know, and I had to think about it when you said it. I thought about it twice because I'm just thinking about all the good he's doing and everything he's bringing. Yeah. All the attention he's bringing um, to such a prolific cause. It's like, would that continue? But, I mean, your cause is your cause. I don't... I... You... I don't really care for the NFL anyway, so it's like... You're a basketball person? I think I would have a team. Um, Yeah, basketball person. Who's your team? Any team Kevin Durant's on. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, well, actually, girl. Well, actually, I'm going to just support uh, the home team. I'm going to just support the DMV. (laughs) Um, It's so funny, because anytime I meet an artist from the DMV, you guys are so... You guys remind me of Nigerians very proud of where you are from and like i feel it like with like a resounding love like talking chas french same thing just mm-hmm. absolutely love the dmv Rep the set. just like is that a pride that is like instilled in you guys when you're in an elementary school or is it just the community like um, where does that come from i don't know i just think it comes from showing love to those who show love for you and it's like before i made it to cali before i ever stepped foot in new york dmv mm-hmm. was home that's all I knew, so I'm always going to carry that with me, you know? Um, that's why my love for it is so immense. That's real. Yeah. That's real. When's the last time you went back? Um, I was back a month ago, and I'll be back in two weeks. Oh, for Christmas. Yes, sir. Yay. Do Do you guys do any fun Christmas, like, rituals? No, my family's super small. I was raised by my mom and my grandma, and I'm my only child, so okay. it's just us. We just me kick too. it and eat good. Okay. That's real. Mm-hmm. That's super real. So, um, we're at the time of year where people start reflecting on their wins and losses from the year. This year, what would have been a win for you and what would have been a loss for you? Oh, a win for me was I realized that shit is really deeper than rap. Yeah. Meaning that... For me, up until this year or up until last year, um, everything was just rap, rap, rap. Not even music, not even just entertainment as a whole, but just rap. Mm-hmm. And I definitely started to focus more on entertainment. I started to focus more on, like, longevity of businesses and just, you know, interest and investing. So this year, I invested. Okay. Did you buy a Bitcoin? I bought a Litecoin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for that Bitcoin to drop a little bit. Right. Um, I'm definitely getting into crypto more, but even outside of that, just real estate and hiring my friends and really just looking to invest um, outside of just music as well and using music as the platform to grow the platform. That's real. Yeah. Okay. So that's the win. Mm-hmm. What was the loss? Hmm. 
Good question. That's a really good question. Yeah, like, Self-reflecting question. What's the loss? What's the loss? I mean, it's like I mean, a couple it, losses. Like, I got to think about them now. It's oh. a lesson, obviously. It's yeah, not for really sure. a loss, but you know, what would one be considered for you? I think the loss, I didn't drop the project that I wanted to drop this year due to overthinking and just a whole bunch of stuff. And I set it for next year, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's a loss, a lesson, or just like you know, readjustment. I think it's a fine line between like readjusting and just like quitting on something, you know, right. and I'm just readjusting and just um, perfecting some shit. But to me, like I was so hell bent on getting that done and not getting that done. I'm looking at it like it's a bad thing when I really don't think it is in the end. I don't think that's a bad thing because it's not that you just didn't drop it or aren't going to drop it. You just postponed it until you were ready. Yeah. That's all it is. And um, just putting some other things in motion mm-hmm. creatively. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about hiring your friends. How's that? How is it? Yeah. It's dope. I, I think it's really dope. Because working with friends can be sometimes hectic. Because, you know, you have to switch from being, like, being somebody's girl to, like, look, girl, this is work. Yeah. Like, we can't keep key right now. Yeah. Like, how do you set those boundaries between, like, Audra the friend and Audra the boss? Um, I can't even really say it's any boundaries. I think, I one, I just surround myself with people who can compartmentalize really mm-hmm. well in their personal lives, their work lives, and those spaces. And um, and that's what I, that's just what I'm attracted to in friendships regardless. So when it came time to be like, yo, let's collab on this, or yo, I have this going on, I want to bring you on. It was like I saw that in them already. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even necessarily a conversation, a sit down to have. It was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. We know how it goes. Yeah. And it's been working well. It's been um about a year. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty popping. Yeah. Okay. And then you gotta get your Bitcoin up so that way you can uh I gotta work to the Bitcoin. Look, look, yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna drop that much more. It's gonna drop a little bit around the holidays. Because people are going to withdraw yeah. in order to, like, pay for presents. Yeah, I was skeptical about it for a long time. I was like, where, where is it? Like, who owns it? Like, yeah. who is holding my money in escrow? Like, where is this at? Yeah. But I might as well. If I'm a gamble, if I'm going to go to Vegas, I might as well, you know. If you go, That's buy real. Buy Bitcoin. Look, oh. if you can go to Vegas, you can buy a Bitcoin. Gambling is gambling. Might as well I mean, get interest on it. Right. You know, it's so weird because we have these financial um, conversations simply because a lot of us come from backgrounds where we were either middle to lower class. Mm -hmm. So there are certain money talks that white people in affluent homes Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily have amongst ourselves. It's not something that like us talking about investments is not something that my parents, you know, I grew up having yeah, a conversation with them about. We're focused on real money. How are we going to have time to focus on digital money? Right. Like, it. You know, like investments and whatnot. So one of the things was, you know, like invest in cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. get yourself a high yield savings account, mm-hmm. buy a CD, an IRA, all of that, and then get you some property. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the uh, the Bible for uh, investing. It's the goal. It really is. It's definitely the goal. But Especially I, land. That, yes, own yeah. property. Um, but even, like, IP, too. Intellectual mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's more digital stuff that you can own? Right. Your ideas that are out there in the world that might not include your face. Right. But are from you. Um, so I'm all about it. 100%. Love these conversations because I feel like more black people need to have them. Right. Because it should be normal for us, too. That's really what it is. It just comes down to sharing it. Um, a lot of people will know it more than we even think. But when it comes down to sharing it and putting people on and spreading that wealth and that knowledge for the next generation, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Do you think that we don't share information as a community as much as we should? Um, I don't know. I really can't speak on that. Um. That's not something I've studied or really put too much thought into. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I, I know I've been a part of many conversations and even looked at a lot of conversations where people are just like, um, you know, they just want to share it for them. They yeah. want to come up before they can help others come up right. as opposed to coming up together, you know. Um, so I can't say it's a communal thing. No, for sure. But, I mean, I know individuals that think like that. No, for sure. Um, in coming into music, did mm-hmm. you have like a mentor or somebody looking out for you um, off bat? Not necessarily that was in music. Okay. No. Uh, I mean, I've had people that were in my life for seasons in music and just as great as people that 
got me to the next point. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a mentor of the moment, I guess. Yeah. But never somebody that was just on call for an extensive amount of time or a large part of my life. Other mm-hmm. than my mother, like whatever I let her know I wanted to do, she made sure she figured it out so she could be on call to help me with it. But other than that, no, not really. Okay. That's real. <clears throat> but I, I think that's important. I think that's really essential. And I still find myself looking for a mentor. I really do. I heard that the mentors at this stage find you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But you have to just be open and receptive to know when and who, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. When you make it, your level of make it, because okay. everybody has a different end goal, okay. right? When you make it, what's the first thing you're going to get from mom? What I'm going to get from my mother? Mm-hmm. I, I want to take her out the country. She's never been out the country. Really? Nah. Where would you go? I want to, I just want to take her everywhere. For real. That's real. Yeah, she, um, yeah, she never made that trip. So I definitely want to take that trip for her. I mean, you know, she worked hard. She got herself the house she wants. She mm-hmm. just got herself a new car she wants. I mean, shout like, to mom. you know, shout out to moms doing it all. Um, so, I mean, all that's taken care of on her. That's but, real. um, yeah, I just want to show her some things. Like, I've taken this year to really travel and go places. That's another win. For me, mm-hmm. I invested in myself, even before I invested in these businesses, I invested in myself and just, like, hit, like, five countries dolo by mm-hmm. myself just to go on one-way tickets. And really, it showed me that everything I cared about really doesn't matter. Yeah. So I definitely want to, like, show that to her. No, that's real. That's super real. Um, I'm sure mom would be excited if she's listening to this. Mama the rapper. Right. Mama the rapper is ready to go. It's so funny. I call my mom Mama Dimples. Really? She lo- she loves that name. Just loves it. Loves it. Um, she definitely came to come visit me here. And mm-hmm. we went to we went to the studio. We went to the tower, Capitol Tower. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, Mama Dimples. I was like, oh, oh she my was God. introducing herself later. That's cute. I was like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, man. But, you know, what we do for our parents, right? For sure. Right. Um, okay. So, in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. a couple of rappers have been passing away for drug overdoses. Okay. Okay. Um, and there was, a like, a huge New York Times article that came out shortly after where it was like, this is a wake-up call for hip-hop. Do you agree or disagree? I mean, we would have been had that wake-up call then. Um, That's what I said. <laughs> we would have been had that wake-up call. It's not the first time, you know, sadly, somebody has passed away um, right. from a drug overdose. But I do think we as a culture don't acknowledge the process mm-hmm. or the journey to destruction. Yeah. We only acknowledge it once it's too like late. Like the end result. Like the music, the post, the conversations, the tone, the mm-hmm. whatever. A lot of it is there. A lot of it, we can, we watch these um, these entertainers or these people with these platforms rant and go off and do all these crazy mm-hmm. interviews and saying all these crazy things. And we're just like, oh, they reported this. They said this. But they're crazy. And then when it there's no point of return. We act like, where did this come from? What yeah. happened? And it's just like, yo, the signs were there. We encourage it. We acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Oh, they arrested again. Oh, they did this to that person again. Right. Oh, man, let's go buy the album. Oh, man, let's go do this. And then the album come out, and they saying they're going to do all this crazy stuff. Oh, man, this is fire. Then they do the crazy you shit on video. And then it's just like, yo, where did this come from? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't acknowledge the journey. I mean, okay, so in that situation, like, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. I feel as though we don't pay enough attention to the people who are kind of like making what I call cries for help in their music. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're in this era of age where it's like we're all adults. At one point, at what point am I no longer responsible for you, but only responsible for me? Like, so like the things with um, the person who they're, you know, like people have been having this discussion about in particular is Lil Peep. Prior to his passing, God forgive my soul, I did not know who he was. 100%. Right. Um, but, like, in going through his Instagram, uh, like, a psychologist was like, nah, these are all cries for help. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if I'm your friend in passing and your outcry is via Instagram, mm-hmm. is that my responsibility to know that this is an outcry? Like, how am I supposed to know? You could just be moody. Like, because we live in this age where it's like, you curate your feed. I mean, people are so good at branding pain. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Pain like you, is a brand. You, Depression is a brand right now. Right. Like, it's almost cool to be depressed. Right. You know? And then when you find out somebody, oh, shit, you was really depressed. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a cool-ass Instagram layout. I just thought it was a cool-ass song. Nah, but she was really sad, though. Yeah. I mean, where does the responsibility lie? Mm-hmm. As a fan or as, you know, somebody in business with this person, I get it. Like, what can be done? It's tough. It's a very tough conversation. But I feel like it's a conversation that people should just keep having. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of the times, a lot of things happen within our community because it's so taboo to speak on them. Like, you know, like, I just, I like, there's just so much stuff. Like, yeah, this could have all been solved with like a conversation. Yeah. Or, you know, like, dang, I, you know, the guy being like, I feel sad today. Cool. You want to talk about it? Like, right. you know, like, this is just one of those things. But right. because it's so taboo to have these mental health conversations or to have business or financial literacy conversations, there's so much stuff that people don't know or don't feel comfortable saying. But that's what I think is almost happening. These cries for help. These artists are having these conversations. They're just mm-hmm. one-sided conversations. You're just putting it in your music and mm-hmm. nobody's talking back to you. Everybody's, the whole world is listening to your cry for help. Yeah. You're conversing on your side, but nobody's talking, talking back. back. Right. Everybody's listening to you. So yeah. as as an artist, what's the best way for like people who listen to your music to respond back to you? For me, shows. Yeah. I think shows are instant gratification. Just uh-huh. to, like, be feet away from somebody and watching somebody's face and their energy change as they receive everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, the meet and greets after the show. Um, real face-to-face interaction. Okay. I mean, but even then, I don't think that allows the conversations that these that cries for help. You, right. need, you know, but, I mean, yeah. But it's like a, it's a, it's a moment, at least. Yeah. You can feel the energy. Yeah. No, that's real. What was the one live show that changed your life? Um, the show that I went to? That changed either, my life? Either one you went to or one you performed at? Um, you could do both. Lauren Hill, Rock the Bells, 2010. I was there. In D.C. I was at the one in D.C. Um, I actually talk about that in my song, Bitchless. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that show changed my life that was my first time seeing her it was her mm-hmm. first tour coming back, back in from over a decade yeah yep. so i've spent so much money on that show not even thinking she was about to just keep doing shows forever mm-hmm. but um but yeah seeing her perform even seeing her do a new rendition like so many people she changed the rendition have everything you know yeah. so many people have negative things to say like oh it's acoustic oh it's rock oh it's this feel yeah. but i still think it's emoting energy it's emoting emotion like, I don't know, maybe I'm just that much connected to that album because I mm-hmm. love it so much. But that show definitely just changed my perspective on a lot of things and just um how music should live and how music can stand the test of time. 100%. What was the show that you performed at that changed you? Mm. I would say Webster Hall, the studio in Webster Hall, which is the lower level in New York. What's that, like East Village? Yeah, they, sh- yeah, they closed all those Webster lo- Hall. They man. closed all those locations down. That show. They just been hating on hip hop, but go ahead. Yeah, what happened I, with the show? No, nah, that was just a good ass show. I had just dropped on um, my project Retro Spectrum, and I was just taken away by how many people knew the words. Like, yeah. Yeah, the energy was live that whole night. Yeah. That's super dope. To be able to do that in New York City, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Good. That's yeah. real. Congrats, even though, in, in hindsight, congrats. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and SO, SOBs. SOBs is a spot. SOBs. It was my first headlining show, and I headlined SOBs. Um, we actually recorded and filmed it on the show, Sister of the Hip Hop was on. Mm-hmm. And I would say the thing about that show that was so special was not only that I headlined it, but my team, Ronnie Moore, mm-hmm. and my guys, Troy Mitchell, we came together and, like, from inception, put the show together, like, put the bill together, put the band together, put yeah. the ticket prices, the door opening, like, all of that from a team standpoint. Um, we made that happen. So definitely that show is one for the books. That's dope. Yeah. That's super, super dope. Um, So you listed some people on your team. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to make sure that you maintain that same team as you're moving forward into, like, the next phase of your career? 
Um, for me, everybody just has to be happy in what they're doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. As long as, you know, everybody wants to be there and I'm providing a space and, you know, a product that's worth supporting and staying down for. That's mm-hmm. extremely important to me. Like my team is my family, yeah. you know, and I keep a close family. I think so often um, people go into music wanting to do everything in and for themselves or feeling like they own all of it. Okay. So, like, it, how would I put it? So it'd be like, I managed myself. I yeah. directed my own video. Yeah. And, da, 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 and not allowing for that input. Yeah. Or, you know, or even that community around them to kind of support their craft. Yeah. So I think it's very, very dope that you have that team around you. I do think, um, like, roles are blurred now these days mm-hmm. a lot more than what it used to be. Like, you might have the artist who is also a self-directing, self-managing, but yeah. they have the publicist. It's just knowing how to put together the team that best fits you. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody's team is going to be the same. Like, okay, even Ronnie, like, he's my manager, but we call it a partnership because there are things I'm going to hit the ground running doing. There are things he's going to hit the ground running doing, and we're going to do it together. Yeah. I feel like when you fit these titles that have these universal roles these mm-hmm. universal meeting meanings it's like oh some it leaves room for somebody to be offended gotcha. like when i hit up somebody or he doesn't or i do something or he does it's just like why would you do that that's my role we're no we're just getting shit done yeah. together you know um so yeah it's all about just having the right people around you with the with the goal in mind no that's real that's super real so sisterhood of hip-hop yeah how did that work out I like Sister of Hip Hop. I like the process a lot. I like the girls. I like the the, the whole process. I fuck what, with it. What was the shoot schedule like? Um, hectic as fuck. It was like eight months. Oh Jesus! Because <laughs> honestly, like we're not actors. You know, we have our real careers happening, so they're fitting yeah. around our careers. They're fitting in our careers. Yeah. And we're all in different cities. We're in five or four or five major markets, so mm-hmm. they're flying to us. Like, they might be with me one month in New York, then mm-hmm. they're in L.A. with Saya, then mm-hmm. however. But um, it was a super hectic schedule. I would go to sleep midnight, wake up 6 a.m. with a flight booked for 2 p.m., not even knowing before I went to sleep. Like, yeah. It was crazy, but I love it all. That's dope. It's weird because it's like reality TV tends to get a bad connotation. Uh, yeah. Because of like the antics on VH1. Yeah. I feel like sisterhood of hip-hop is not like that at all. Right, 100%. I definitely think it was a platform to kind of counter all the ratchetivities happening elsewhere. Um, But this was more like a doc. It was really documentary style, and I think so many people gravitated towards the series because it was kind of like a how the behind the music used to be and, Mm -hmm. you know, the world premiere and all those shows where you would just really sit in front of the TV and really get a behind-the-scenes look at what legitimately was happening in music. And I say legitimately, intentionally, because not a lot of shows are are doing that. Yeah, you know, um, some of the shows on VH1, they just full out have scripts. A hundred percent. For their entire yeah. season. So yeah. all them arguments are scripted. No, I get it. I see how it goes. Look, I'm not mad at it. It's a check, it's a check. A, but yeah, they're getting coins over there. Right. But production, the <laughs> network is getting coins over there. Right. They know what they're doing. But um, but I just it's not for me. No, so once the sort of hip hop reached out, I was definitely like, this is something that I can support. And be a part of because I see how y'all are doing it. Y'all are doing it true to life. Yeah. Yeah. Spinoff show? Um, we working. We working. Okay. We working. That might be an exclusive, guys. I can say that. That might be exclusive. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's real. Congrats in advance. Mm. Yeah. Speaking that into your existence. Claim it. All right. Um, but yeah, no, no. So I'm really excited about Sisterhood of Hip Hop. I think it's a great show. Um, I'm excited for what you do next. What's something you want to accomplish within 2018 that have, you have yet to do? I want to get into screenwriting. Really? Yeah, I definitely want to get deeper into screenwriting. The goal is to screenwrite a piece a series, episodic series, and score it. Okay. Yeah. Now, is it going to be satirical, kind of like Get Out? Nah, not necessarily. Nah, it's a dark comedy, what I have in mind. Okay. Yeah. I literally have told nobody this. This is an extra exclusive. (laughs) I literally have told nobody this, but yeah, that's what I'm um, looking to do. That's super fire. Yeah. No, I'm here for it. 
Appreciate we need we need more of us in every aspect of the arts. I'm so serious. Yeah. Like, yes, do it. And let me know. I'm gonna be at the premiere. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna show up. Easy. With my uh African outfit on. Do it. Look. Do it. <laughs> That's real. Um, okay, so in industry, mm-hmm. a big thing that comes with our roles is that we have to stay in shape mm-hmm. to some degree. I'll be working out a bit, but you know, God's mm-hmm. still working on me. Mm-hmm. Um, how much emphasis do you have to spend, like, you know, working out and fitness and health and that kind of thing? Um, I got to the point where I started doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And it became a lot easier than That's when right. I felt I was doing it to meet a criteria. Um, at the top of the year, I went vegan. I was raw vegan for the first half mm-hmm. of the year. Now I'm just regular as vegan. And See, I'm vegetarian. So vegetarian, think, yeah. yeah. Come on, you got one more step to go. I was vegan, but I got sick. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got really anemic okay. to the point where I... they... Wanted to give me a transfusion. Oh, no. Nah. Okay, yeah. And it's I was definitely like, nah. a lot of, like, learning and knowing your body to do it. Um, It's different for everybody. I transitioned to vegan through a holistic doctor okay. that really helped me learn my body and my blood type and all of that. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, after transitioning to that, like, maintaining my body from there on just became a lot easier and it, was, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like work. It's real. The whole, my whole life, up until that point, like, working out felt like work. Like, it was just something I had to do. I had a trainer that told me years ago, like, somebody in shape will never be broke. That's real. But is it? A bar. Well, it's kind of. Is it? Somebody in shape will never be broke. Because if they're in shape, they're doing it for themselves. I don't know what he meant. Maybe he, he I don't know what he thought, I'm but... Trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. He brainwashed me with that shit. He got all my money. Oh, Look, That trainer got all my money after he said that. <laughs> but, um... But I can honestly... I think about this a lot. I can say the internet and just us being able to choose the content we seek more mm-hmm. now with the internet and just picking that. our artists. And we're kind of, like, choosing who's famous now yeah. instead of just being handed to it by the powers that be. 100%. Or whatever. I think now that's kind of changing the the image standard mm-hmm. because we're kind of seeking content. We're kind of seeking what's relative to us yeah. outside of what they look like, outside of this format, outside of you got to be 36, 24, yeah, whatever yeah. it was because it ain't that no more. No, I feel like there's just one of those things where it's like the internet although it may have its really bad, like, viral moments, Mm -hmm. has its very good viral moments Mm -hmm. where it's like, um, what was the young girl? She's, like, nine, was being bullied at school because she was wearing natural hair. Like She got, like, a modeling contract or something now, right? Right. The internet was like, nah, sweetheart, we got you. Yeah. And, like, it turned into this big movement of a thing. Um, And it's like, that's, like, one of the benefits of us choosing our own. You know, I look at situations like that. It's like where we bully somebody, where somebody's bullied online because of their image. And then, oh, they go and get a modeling contract. Okay, great. Now you just signed to a whole industry that's going to, like, <laughs> judge you for your image. I mean, but, it, I mean, it's appreciation. It it's is. flattering, it none is. the least. But... You're right. It's like, yeah, no, no, I get it. But it's like, we have to change the overall beauty standards. And that just comes from, I just think about visibility. Just mm-hmm. like what people see. See in front of them. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was like, what was the thing that was really controversial last year? When people found out that there's dark-skinned people from India. Like, it blew a lot of people's minds. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, because you know what it is? Um, Whenever we get like media or press images or something from like India... Everyone's really light skin. Yeah. Light skin, dark hair. Yeah. Um, no one realized that like 75% of their population is our shade. Yeah. Because you don't see them. You're right. Um, unless you're like from there and you just know. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, I, I definitely do believe that there are benefits in us being able to choose the media and the things that we access. Right. But, um, you know, we're going to have to change the visibility on, like, mainstream stuff for the 100%. people who don't use the internet. A hundred percent. You know. Um, so, question. Mm-hmm. Apple Music or Spotify? Oh. Oh, Ronnie, who puts me on their playlist the most? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a real question. <laughs> right. That one. 
Spotify, Spotify's mm-hmm. mood. Yeah, nah, I got them both on my phone, and I um, I play them both equally actually for their playlist. Okay. So um, I think Spotify has me figured out a little more on like you know how it pinpoints and chooses music okay. for you. Yeah. I think it uh, it has me figured Spotify out. Spotify be creeping scared. me out because they be they knowing. They know me. They be knowing. But I love Apple Music because they have everything. And you see, it's one of those things. I'm one of those. Um, I refuse to sign up for Apple Music. Just because I feel like the iPhone already got enough of my life on there. Y'all don't need no more. (laughs) Y'all don't need no more. Um, All right. Coca-Cola or Pepsi? I don't do sodas. Orange juice or apple juice? Orange. Green tea or coffee? Ooh. Ooh. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of a chamomile, kind of a Earl Grey. Oh. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, almond or soy milk? Almond, no soy ever. Okay, okay. I'm like, I was gonna, I was gonna say regular milk or like, but you're vegan, so yeah. no, 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 that wouldn't work. Um, all right, hip hop or R and B? Oh shit, bruh, hip hop with R and B. Uh-uh, you can't, you can't. You gotta either choose, you gotta choose one or the other. Hip-hop. Really? Yeah. Oh. Jodeci in the corner crying right now. Just crying. But she left them out. (laughs) (laughs) Just left them out. You're like, nah. Um, What's the wildest DM you've ever received? Oh, man. (laughs) Actually, I kind of got a reply to it right now. Uh, what? I just got a wild one. I low-key just got a wild one waiting for this interview. Oh, um, man. I don't know. I've gotten a few. Oh, man. Outside from the regular dick pics. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. It's dick pic season. So. Uh, you know what it is? It's, it's cuffing it's season. Yeah, it's so dick they, pic they, season. They're like one in ten going to yeah. respond. Yeah. Shoot the shot. That's why I fuck with Instagram, because they blur the image. If you're not following them, they blur. Yes. They be like, I'm blurring this to protect your safety. And I'm Thank like, you, Thank Instagram. you, Instagram. Yes. Um, yeah, other than those, just crazy, like, sell me your draws. Like, what? Yeah. That's a market. Look, hold on. Listen, <laughs> I thought, look, I got a wild DM last week. We were talking about it, um, where someone sent me a DM and was like, yo, What's your mailing address? I want to mail you oysters. They're an aphrodisiac. What? Right. It was. It was. No, was no hey. Yo, I'm late. No, what's up? I just uh, found out watermelons an aphrodisiac. You know mangoes are too. What? What? I love a mango. <laughs> mangoes are too. That, but I really heard. I didn't believe watermelon was. And I mean, then I had to look that up. And nah, I was like, oh. y'all got to look this up. Mangoes are an aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. Look. No, nah, I'm telling you, mangoes are an aphrodisiac. Be very surprised, you know? I'm <laughs> Wait, just, is this like self-research? Or is this like on Google? No, nah, this is like a Google, like, oh, okay. afro, you know, it's an aphrodisiac. But it was just very random that a random stranger was trying to send, you know, send me oysters. I mean, you know, it's just that's the, funny. It's the boldness of the shot, though, because I think like in real life they would never be that bold. Yeah. Like in real life, no one would ever just walk up and show you their penis. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna. True. She's like, saying it's true. It's like funny. a once every fifteen months kind of thing. Uh, yeah. When you living in certain parts of New York. I mean, yeah, you can train from the Bronx to... to On a six train late yeah, night, it happens. The people just, it really they does. wild over there. It does. But outside of New York, <laughs> <laughs> does this occur? <laughs> hmm. Gotta mm-hmm. travel more and let you know. Okay. All right, let me know. Inquiring minds want to know. Have you ever, has anyone ever um, adequately shot their shot? via DM to you? You said have they at- adequately like done it um, like DM'd you and you like oh this is kind of fly. This is a thing. <laughs> um, nah. Nah. I kind of don't take them serious. All the guys I've dated don't even have social media. That's what I need in my But life. not even like it's 
you know, I command that shit. It's not like a criteria you have to meet. It's just like, oh, I meet a guy. And I'm like, are you on social media? They're all like, no, I think I just attract niggas that are like, do they dirt like the old fashioned way, apparently, because they not on the gram with it. Look, that's what I need in my life. I met somebody. Um, Let me tell you. So I went to this restaurant. Mm -hmm. I met this guy who's a chef. And I was like, hey. He's like, hey. He's like, I think you're cute. And I'm like, thank you. And then uh, <laughs> I'm simplifying this conversation. Okay. Because uh, it was not this, but whatever. Anyway, we exchanged phone numbers. He hits me up. Only reason I exchange phone numbers with him, because I'm like, normally when I go places, I meet people at music events. They have some sort of idea of what I do. So it's never really about, like, meeting to me. Okay. It's normally like, yo, I got a mixtape. Yeah. Um, can you help me with marketing? Whatever. So I'm like, this chef guy, you have no idea what I do. Okay. I'm going to give you a chance. Tell me why, homie, had a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, do you have Instagram? I was like, yeah. I, I don't really want to share it, though. Like, yeah, no, what's, what's your IG? I'm like, because we met in real life. Yeah. He, knows, he knows what I look like in real life. Give him my IG. All of a sudden, I got a, oh, I got this mixtape. It's out on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you take a listen and give me your opinion? Mm-hmm. Girl. Dang, he could have just pulled it up in a car on a date. That's why I'm just suave. Nah. Damn, I've been bad <laughs> some creative ways, though. Really? Not online, but they have been like, I remember one time um, I was at a party and this song came on and this guy next to me was like, yo, this is my ringtone. I'm like, I don't believe you. He's like, yeah, call me, listen. <laughs> Bagged. Bagged. That's kind of slick, though. Yeah, that was good. That was actually kind of slick. You got me. That's so funny. And then um, this other guy was, like, asking me where the train was in New York. We were walking down the street, and I was like, oh, it's this way. He's like, are you going there? I was like, yeah, you can just follow me. I'm walking that so way anyway. Train. So we're talking on the way to the train, and I was like, here it is. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go down to that entrance over there, blah, 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 I work right there. I was like, oh, so you knew. He was like, yeah, but it's a bar over there, too, we should go to. And, like, went to the bar, like, immediately dated him for, like, a year. You know what? I li- <laughs> but, you know, that's a confidence that men in New York have that men in L.A. do not. Tell me about it. There's just something, like, expect the Bronx, Brooklyn men of this world are unparalleled. Tell me about J- Jamaica it. Jamaica, Queens, too. We can throw them in there. Tell me about it. Right. Cause the you whole can, metropolitan, the tri-state, the tri-state New York. tri-state New York. New York. Y'all got all it. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Even Jersey. Jersey, we can throw you in there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, men out here don't do that. Yeah. Men out here are very shy. They the prize. They think they're the prize. They, which is very sad. Because, mm. you know, sometimes you got to humble people. Mm. Have you ever had to humble a guy out here? Um, I mean, if the curve. What was the worst curve a... you ever inflicted? I want to know. I don't know. I don't think I, like, hold these moments in my memory bank. It's just life. (laughs) Like, I just curve and move on. I mean, I don't know, man. I've done some wild shit. I just can't remember. That's so funny. Yeah, I hurt feelings. I love it. But you know what's so funny? I feel like men take it a lot harder when they're curved by us than if they were, like, if there was just no interest. Do you know what I mean? What you mean? So it's kind of like, if you tell a dude, like, yo, I'm not interested in you, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But if you're like, you know, like, they shoot their shot, mm-hmm. and then you shut them down, mm-hmm. it, like, it's more painful. Like, the fact that, but, nah, look at my effort, the effort I put yeah. in. And you just gonna turn me down after yeah. I put in this effort to text you? Yeah, I mean, because like, at that point, after they put in the effort, you can't curve. Like, it's not a curve there. They're not deserving of the curve. You can't just be out here giving free curves. Like, a nigga <laughs> has to, like, deserve the curve. You can't okay. just, like, curve a cool nigga. You just got if you If you're not interested, you can't force that. I've been in situations where I've tried to force interest because the effort was so, like, like a genuine, lot. Yeah. you know, and trying to force the fact that, damn, you just really not for me. Mm-hmm. And I've prolonged letting that be known, and that's even worse. I think that's where a nigga gets fucked up at, where it's like, okay, damn, I've been putting this effort in for a long time. You could have been told me. And yeah. niggas are guilty of that shit, too. So, I right. mean, hey. But there's, like, this huge double standard where it's like men behave in a certain way, and they expect that women won't behave in that way back. Oh, you mean, like, uh, privilege? Yeah. Leah, men got that. I yeah. asked this dude the other day. We were talking. He said something like, I believe 
I believe in gender roles. I believe like men should be the only ones to face danger. And I was like, so you never date with a, you never dealt with an alpha woman or anything. He was like, yeah. no. I was like, so what kind of woman are you like? He was like passive. I was like, who says that? Like who admits that? Who says that? Who yeah. who openly admits, admits that, that? I like passive. Right. What? Right. That don't even make no sense. Huh? Nah, it just it sounds very sad and insecure. Like what how how unsure of yourself do you have to be for you to openly admit that you need whomever you date to be more submissive right. or passive? Right. Or not vet you know what I mean? Like not put any effort in. That's wild. Right. That's super wild. Well, we're not here for it, so you know, whatever. It's quiet. It's super quiet for them. Um so what's I know we were talking about traditions earlier that you, for the holidays and you say you just keep it intimate with your family. Yeah. Um, and I know we had talked about goals for the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was any advice that you could give to any young girls who want to be in the position that you are. Yeah. What would that be? Um, create your reality. Really create your reality. Um, I feel like the best circumstances comes from limitations so like every door closed every no told means that like push through there's another way around there's Mm -hmm. another route just look for that create your reality claim it and make it happen for real it's super real thank you for coming girl thank you temple i appreciate it yeah yeah 5 a.m in the morning and shit Convincing niggas this is where they need to be Walk outside, tear down the whole street Money on the line, devil on FaceTime Sunshine, but he can't blind me Seventeen when I told mama that I ain't coming back Gotta move on, gotta move out, gotta move shit True shit, when I come through, no one asking who you is huh. And my new crib, looking at new cribs Never content, drive 400, the people on the hill spit Money well spent, shit ain't been the same since Nah, we ain't in the same tent You a has-been, this shit everlasting Niggas got a thing for the raspy Love how that ass sit up when them drawers come down Hate chocolate, but he love this brown On the south side, why you ain't come around? I was on the chat line, why you ain't press down? Damn, This shit ain't been the same since Now I'm feeling like You ain't got no bitches, so you on my line your good intentions, all that hype to die down. You heard I'm about my business, now you wanna come out. Wanna come out, now you wanna come out. You ain't got no bitches, so you on my line.